coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. It was another bounce-back win for the Cougs, prevailing over Pacific as the head coach hit the Big 5-0. We've got the bench boss and Spencer Johnson to break it all down next. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C in the BYU Broadcasting Building. One day earlier than usual, and this unusual season uh, sends the Cougars back out on the road today. Great to have you with us on another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Hashtag Pope Show on Twitter. Looking forward to a fun hour ahead. Coming up on tonight's show, we will look back on a double OT decision at the Marriott Center on Saturday over Pacific and then preview the week ahead with road games scheduled at San Diego and Portland will go to war in tonight's Cougar Q&A and profile Big Shot Brandon. Guard Brandon Averett in tonight's episode of Deep Blue. Plus, we visit live with Spencer Johnson joining us later on in the show. We start the show by saying hello to head coach Mark Pope. Hello, head coach Mark Pope. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. There was a point during the game where I was like, we have to finish this before we start the coach's show. I know. We, 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 can't, we can't do two straight coaches shows without a win. We did a 4 p.m. start, and, like, we didn't really finish up our post-game stuff. Like, I was looking at my – we had a bunch of staff stuff, but, man, it was a – it was a – usually you maybe sneak out for a late dinner, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Not Saturday night. No. Well worth it, though, to get the – did work out in the end, right? Double overtime, and uh, what, what a grind it was. I love Big Shot Brandon. Is that on air? Are we going I, I've been using Brandon? it. I've been using it. I love Big Shot Brandon. Games. Big yeah. Shot Brandon. Yeah. And you got to earn it. You can't. You can't just call a guy that. He's got to earn it. No, he it does was, it. It was awesome. Fantastic. Let's look back at the highlights of the Pacific game and stats presented by Intermountain Healthcare. BYU and the Tigers on Saturday late afternoon into evening at the Marriott Center. Colby Lee has this in his arsenal. Drops it in the corner. Back-to-back games with corner threes from Colby Lee. I love it. Gideon George has threes in four of his last five games. I think now Danis Jenkins on the fast break. This was back and forth throughout. And uh, what, a, what a play uh, by Alex Barcelo saving in dispense for the three. Yeah, unbelievable. it's an extra effort, unbelievable hustle. It's winning plays. Don't go under Brandon Averett on ball screens. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we have to say it? Banker gives the Tigers the lead at halftime, 32-31. to 31. We go to the second half. Matt Harms takes it off the underside of the rim for the throwdown. Yeah, Alex did that on purpose. Yep. We talked about it. Like, play. Okay, here's it's the play. play. Throw it to the bottom of the rim. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Alex Barcelo didn't have a field goal in the first half. That was his first of the second half, and he was by no means done, Coach. So we talk about driving lines all the time, and that is like the classic driving line. Again, another one by Alex Barcelo with a big-time dime. Uh, Alex was unbelievable kind of keeping his dribble alive, finding driving lines, buying space and time all night long. This guy can make – he's a big who can make a three and made it into a four-point play. Yeah, he's had a really good new life since he transferred in. Uh, is having a terrific season. And Rich went right back at him on the other end, uh, play after play after play. And this was truly lead change after lead change throughout. Yep. We um – you know, it was, a, it was a slow Saturday afternoon. We just wanted to keep everybody interested, keep them excited, keep them engaged. 64 all. It's uh, Coach Pope's first home overtime game. First overtime we go, and uh, Connor Harding with a big three. Put you guys up two. Yeah, Connor with 31 huge minutes in this game was really terrific. And Rich doing what Rich does, just making plays on the defensive end uh, was huge. And then 
of course, uh, that bucket to tie it up to give us a chance to go to second overtime. And then Spencer early in the Johnson. Spencer. Yeah. A couple big plays down the stretch by Spence. Really, really big plays for him. Showed up when it really counted. Puts BYU up four in this. Put BYU up eight. And at this point, you figure you might have, might have enough to get this one done. Hence the moniker Big Shot Hence, Brandon. Indeed. Right there. Turns out to be an eight-point win for BYU. 95-87 over the Pacific Tigers. Double overtime. Coach Pope's first overtime victory as the head coach of the Cougars as BYU goes to 14-4 and four on the year. And despite some stretches where it was tough to see a shot go down, uh, you shoot 50% on the day. Yeah, it was an interesting game, right, because there were stretches. We had a long, long, cold stretch kind of uh, to end the first half, and and um, and those stay with you. And then you look at the stat sheet after, like we shot 38% from three and 50% yeah. from two, and, uh, you know, it was the second-best offensive game plan of the season against Pacific, and you're like, well, I actually missed that because there was a <laughs> lot of frustration in there in between. <laughs> And, uh, again, you, it takes a couple overtimes. We get to the, you get to near 100 points in the game. And uh, so many things we could focus on in this game. But I, I really felt that uh, Alex Barcelona, a lot of guys had big games. But man, it just, I don't know, it just kind of felt like a game where Alex kind of took a little more upon himself to say we're not going to lose this game. Yeah, I think it's that, I think it's that we're getting to that point in the season, right, where our seniors are going to step up and say, hey, we have to take the reins of this whole thing. And it's 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 – this is this is our senior year, and this is what we've worked so hard and so long for. And Alex certainly had that demeanor about him, especially in the second half. And, and as we got to to the end of regulation and the two overtimes, Alex was just um, there was no doubt in him. It was just sheer determination. He's like, hey, I'm just going to go find a way to make this happen, despite all kinds of madness that happened. Um, he stepped up and, and got us a win. It's really important. He was one rebound shy of a double-double, and he had seven assists as well. So, I mean, he was really yep. filling the stat sheet. Yeah, and doing everything on the floor. And and like we talked about post-game, uh, after everything he had done on the floor, the, the most important stuff he was doing was in the huddles, during timeouts, in the locker room, before the game, and halftime. And and um, he is, uh, you know, full service right now in rallying this team. And and his, his fellow seniors were spectacular, too. Brandon Averett was was uh, had a had a tremendous impact on the mm-hmm. game all night long and shot it really really well from behind the arc and five threes. Matt Harms' physicality down the stretch, you know, I think you pointed out between the three of them, they're a sixty point you know senior senior group and um, you know I'd love to see that more. That really helps us win. I think you talk about post game. First thing Alex said to us in post game was. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, he, he, it was well-earned. It was well-earned. And, um, you know, it, 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 not just the physical fight. And he takes a beating uh, every single night. He's such a physical player. And, and uh, teams are really stacked up to try and manage him a little bit. And they like to do it with physicality. But also the emotional stress of the night and emotional stress of the week. It was a really emotional week for us and for a number of different reasons. And so uh, for these guys to raise up and, and do what they did is pretty spectacular. We mentioned in the show open that it was the big 5-0 for Coach Pope. That means 50 games as BYU's head coach. As we go inside the numbers presented by Mountain America Credit Union, and we look at the best head coaching starts through the first 50 games in BYU head hoops history, and there Coach Pope is with 38 wins in his first 50. And you go down the list a little bit, and we see the guy that brought you to BYU. Coach Dave Rose won 35 of his first 50. Coming off, by the way, uh, a 9-21 and season the year before he arrived to build that back up. That was huge to get it going the right way, and, and you just kind of picked up where Coach Rose left off. Well, listen, what Coach did in his first 50 was less impressive than what he did in his second 50 and third 50 <laughs> and fourth 50. And his fifth 50 and sixth 50, think about that. You and I were talking about it's just a miracle we got to do 50 games together. (laughs) 
Um, so that that's a, what a what a blessing and gift that is. Uh, I'm I'm really upset with Coach Roberts. Like I I know I had never had a chance to meet him. Yeah. I assume he's he's passed. Yeah, this was way back. But I got a real issue with him, man. How's he gonna do us by one game? <laughs> oh! Pepperdine game. Yes, yes, Pepperdine got us. Pepperdine, Lorenzo. But uh, it's it's it's. Uh, listen, I mean, you and I, like we talked about before, it's, those those records have very little to do with me and a lot to do with the great players and great staff and a and a great program that's been built up before we got here. Now, BYU fans, very blessed to have this run of success over many many years. Uh, Coach Rose to Coach Pope, and well before that as well. This is our. Is it fifty gold? Is fi- this is our golden anniversary together? Fiftieth game. Is that true? Gold? 50 years is gold? Or what is 50 years? Somebody should know this. The kids in the I should know this. They're, they're going to be hitting the Google here. Leanne, don't watch now. this. Leanne is going to be <laughs> so upset that, that I don't know 50. Do we, do we say 50? We 50 just, is gold. 50 is gold. 50 is gold. Yeah. Jerem, do we have gifts, Jerem Jordan? Can we quickly get some gold exchange here? We should show? have a gift. <laughs> 50 it's games, brother. WCC standings after a Coach Rose's, uh, Coach Pope's 50th game. BYU right there uh, behind Gonzaga. Zags keep getting it done at the top of the league. Uh, Santa Clara is even with you in the loss column, but they've played two fewer games, and that number may uh, continue to increase as uh, the Broncos are on a bit of a pause right now as well. So uh, there you are uh, with uh, Gonzaga still on the run. They're on, and this week's games will get to take you to the bottom of the WCC. But, uh, you know, we'll get to San Diego in a bit here, but, uh, you know, nothing's been easy about playing down at their place ever since the Cougars joined the WCC. No, it's an unbelievable challenge. And the, the league is weird right now. We have, I'm trying to remember, we have Santa Clara, we have LMU, we have San Francisco, and we have St. Mary's all paused right now, right? Yeah, four. So it's just as, uh, it's, hey, COVID 2021, let's go and figure, there we Let's go, Jerem Jordan. <laughs> This is You couldn't just have scribbled 50 on here with a Sharpie before you rolled out here? Happy 50th, Coach Pope. This means, we, hey, we clearly put a lot of thought into this. This means the world to me. <laughs> go Goose! <laughs> <laughs> so the league is really interesting right now. And it's like we always talk about, it's, it's just a tough league. It's a, really, it's a great basketball league. There's, you know, there's, there's only a handful of leagues in the country that are top-level leagues that are basketball-focused only. And, and um, so... It makes it fun, and uh, especially with all the kind of changing dynamics that are going on this year, day-to-day, um, it's going to be a really interesting stretch run to see where we get. Solid net league at the top half of the, uh, of the conference as well? Yep, yep, yeah. absolutely. Uh, solid non-conference wins kind of up and down the conference from Portland beating Oregon State to San Francisco beating Virginia to our wins and Gonzaga wins, St. Mary's wins. So um, it's, uh, you know, West Coast Conference basketball is real. Like it really is. Top 10 league in Ken Palm. Speaking of Ken Palm, let's check the uh, resume for BYU right now. Uh, net up a couple spots from uh, Sunday to Monday, uh, back in the top 40 at 38. And you see the rest of the numbers are all in the top 50 territory and most top 40 as the Cougs put themselves in a good spot heading into a good month. Coach Pope, I mentioned a good month. Uh, you guys didn't lose a game in February last year. No, yeah, we've talked about this a lot, but the team was coming off a loss at San Francisco, which was a brutal loss for us. And then they, the way they responded, the way they answered was so spectacular. It was really defining the defining stretch of that team with a lot of defining stretches. And, and uh, February is a great month. February is a month where your hard work should start to pay off and your focus is challenged uh, at an epic level. So we're excited to jump into the month, see where we get.
Now, regardless of how much you or the guys focus on it, uh, you're in the you're in most brackets. It, it's a place you want to be at this time of year. It's all out in front of you right now. Yeah, it's not always the case. You know, there's been a lot of times where we're kind of chasing the end of the bubble uh, towards the end of the season. So it's nice to be solidly in right now. And, um, you know, it, 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 you know, the only thing that matters to us right now is San Diego. We have to find some way to go win that game. But in the background, it's nice that the team has earned the respect to uh, be considered where they are right now. Okay, since you mentioned that USF game last year and how you responded, the first response to Pepperdine this year was the Pacific game. Yeah. And it was not an easy game to win. But the fact you got it done, yeah. could it, we don't know what it will mean in the end, yeah. but could you see that being a turning point kind of effort if you guys go on a bit of a run? Well, we got to make it. we got to make it that. That's our job, right? We have to write the story. You know, always, you know, always, you know we're the author of our own fate right here, and we have to write our own story. And, and, um, and, and we're hoping to do that. And, uh, you know, that, that game on Saturday was, uh, was such a tremendous um, – uh, story game, right? There's so many ways that go, and hopefully we'll turn it into something really special. Yeah, almost nobody on the outside would look at BYU Pacific as a game that, you know, quote-unquote means much of anything unless you were in it yeah. and know what it took to win it, yep. and then it could mean something. Yeah, and I think, you know, you always look at the, about the metrics, like what does it do for our standing and our projected seed and our Ken Palm and net numbers and all that. But really the important part that we value is what does it do for our locker room, right? That, that's, all those numbers are just kind of on the, on the outskirts, kind of a manifestation of what we're doing. But in terms of how we're growing and, again, taking that game, I mean, every single game we play this year has turned into a gut check, hasn't yeah. it? And um, maybe none more so than, than Saturday. And, and so how, how that plays in our locker room and, and how we move forward is, is, is clearly the most important part of this, and, and it's where the story's written. Excellent observation. All right, uh, the BYU women's soccer team, led by NWSL draft pick and first-team All-American Michaela Coulihan, begins its 2021 spring season this Saturday against Utah up in Harriman. You can watch it on the BYU TV app and hear it on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and the bringer of gifts, Jerem Jordan. Weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up later, Deep Blue with Brandon Averett. Coming up next, a preview of road games at San Diego and Portland this week. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smiths, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News. The broadcast schedule for this week. Cougars playing at San Diego tomorrow night. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio. Gets things going at 8 Eastern with the game at 9 on Stadium. If you want to watch it. Then Thursday, it's BYU at Portland for round two with the Pilots. Radio pregame 6 Eastern. The game at 7. Once again, on Stadium for your video. BYU Radio to hear it all. Take a closer look now at the week ahead as we get to know the foe, presented by Qualtrics. First up, the Toreros of San Diego, a team that has played only nine games, Coach Pope, exactly half as many as you have. Yep. 
a really talented team, been hit by COVID multiple times. They've had several pauses uh, before the season and then during the conference season. Uh, but a really, really talented team that actually we're going to roll in, and it might be one of their first games where they've been full strength and had everybody available. They have some real length in the backcourt, some physicality down low, play really, really hard in transition. That's my phone going off. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, but we know how hard it is to play down there. We know how good this team and how well coached they are. And so uh, strap it on again. Here we go. Again, they haven't played a ton of games. So that contributes to that number at the bottom there. But uh, they haven't won a home game yet. Yep. And so they're itching to get that first one on the home yep. hardwoods. And, and BYU historically has had to really grind to get out of there with wins in the yep. past. Yeah, and they've been, they've been good. You know, yeah, they've had huge wins there. They beat the Zags at home. They beat St. Mary's at home. They have beat us at home before. And so that gym, uh, Jenny Craig Pavilion, uh, has been here. a challenge for every, everybody. <laughs> and uh, so we're looking forward to it. Um, uh, we're excited to get back out and play. It's nice because it's a quick turnaround it, and, uh, against a great team. So let's go. Since you just brought it up. Uh, San Diego beat the Zags in San Diego in February of 2014. That's the last time Gonzaga lost to a WCC team other than BYU or St. Mary's. That's really Seven years ago. pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Almost 100 games where they've lost to nobody other than yeah. the, you know, the big two, yep. if you will. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff. All right, uh, from San Diego. The uh, fact that you know that. Well, you know, certain things. I mean... Uh, do we have something no, I don't, for Greg Rubel? No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's incredible that you know that. Well, it's, it's an amazing stat, first of all. Did you uh, just say the exact date that that game took place? Well, it was February 22nd, 2014. That's incredible. But, uh, uh, so last year, you guys went to San Diego. Uh, and you know what? You, who, knows, who knows what that game was going to mean at the yeah. end? But it felt like that day was like do or die for you. Yeah. And yeah. you were down late. In that game, needed a play to win from behind. This is how it turned out down there. Yep, it's pretty, 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 pretty good players, huh? I mean, you got Jake, who's such a problem because you can't give him an inch, and you got TJ, who's you know for four years been one of the best passers in the conference, if not the country, and then you got Yoli Childs, who can finish anything at the rim, and it was really fun. It was really rewarding for us in that game with 11 seconds left on the clock to actually win it up one with a stop. Um, which was something that was really defining about that team is that they just found a way to be good enough defensively to actually make things work. And it was such a huge game, you know, and sometimes games go like that. We start out, I think we were down 0-7 to start the game, and and uh, it was just always kind of just a, a weird feeling to it. We had some struggles offensively. Uh, they were kind of giving us hard shows, which shows us down a little bit, and we couldn't get any action going in the post. And, um, you know, they were kind of tearing us up in ball screen offense, really with a delayed kind of read of the tag. And um, it was one of those days that just it was hard to get anything to feel right, and the guys just came up with a win. And in conference, in league play, you're going to have two or three or four or five of those games, and the great teams find a way to win them all. Feels like you just had one on Saturday. We sure did. Yeah. Sure did. So from San Diego, you'll go up the Pacific Coast to play Portland on Thursday. A team on an eight-game losing skid right now, including uh, this setback at the Marriott Center a week and a half ago. Yep. And, you know, listen, we talked about this in postgame. Uh, and then I brought up with Leanne. Uh, in, in, we were actually in on our church fifth, second-hour Zoom call on Sunday. <laughs> And we were talking about um, kind of mental health. It was a mental health fifth, fifth Sunday. And they were talking about um, these traumatic moments that rise back up. And immediately in my mind, Bobby Sharp. Like Bobby <laughs> Sharp 
Bobby Sharp. I still have like night terrors. Sometimes I'll I'll be sleeping. I think I told you the other night I'll be sleeping in bed and all of a sudden I'm like Bobby, somebody guard Bobby, and Leanne has to wake me up. So, you know, there's no road games that are easy. <laughs> One of the two losses BYU's had to Portland all time came in the infamous uh, Bobby Sharp game. Uh, among brighter notes, uh, Tyler Hawes uh, became BYU's all-time career-leading scorer against Portland, and the Cougars tend to play well uh, up at the Child Center. Uh, Portland right now, since they, they got to 6-3, and three, I think, out of league and haven't won a game yet since that point, you know, it's been tough for those guys and has been for quite a while to find any kind of traction in the WCC. Yep, they're reeling, and, and, and you know, they haven't had a lot of success in the league, but they're a really dangerous team. Uh, you know, they essentially are playing five guys that can shoot the ball in the perimeter at all times. They can really push it in transition, and early on in the season they had unbelievable success getting to the free throw line. So they're a really dangerous team. Every team in this league, certainly every road game, is a dangerous game. They lost to San Diego in a game. Ahmed Ali scored 32. Then he had to miss the next game with an injury he picked up in that 32-point game. We don't know of his status yeah. for Thursday yet. And, listen, he, the, uh, you know, I watch Ali play a lot in junior college. Uh, and he just, he just walks around with a chip on his shoulder and a toughness to him. And he just wants to trick the game and trick the refs and trick everybody. <laughs> and he's actually really good at it. And he's, he's uh, putting together a really solid season for himself. Latrell Jones uh, scored 21, I think, against yep. you guys, too. Another yeah. guy to watch out. Really surprised. It's 4 for 5 in the three-point line in the first, in the first half. And uh, we did a better job on him in the second half. Um, but like I said, they have a bunch of guys that on any given night, on any given night, can be incredibly dangerous. And uh, I know that uh, Terry will still have those guys playing hard. And so it's a big week for us. It's a huge week. Okay, good segment. Let's get to our break by telling you that uh, this week, BYU men's volleyball back on BYU TV as the top-ranked Cougs, led by National Player of the Year, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, hosting rival number 9 UCLA in the season opener Thursday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Jerem on the call Saturday at 6 Eastern as well. Coming up, Spencer Johnson will be joining the show, and we'll take your questions for Coach Pope from social media. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. America First Credit Union, we're here to help. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Qualtrics. Checking out some of our Cougars in the pros, presented by Deseret News. Jimmer Fredette, 29-7-7 for Shanghai yesterday. Elijah Bryant, 12-4-3 from Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel on Friday. And Brandon Davies helping Barcelona complete an undefeated January. And their 10th straight win on the weekend. There's Brandon's line. And, uh, man, these guys are really interesting because you see 29 for Jimmer, you're like, oh, what, what went wrong? Yeah. which is just insane. And then you think about it, like, it, I don't know if there's two more storied or powerful programs in all of European basketball 
than Maccabi and Barcelona. They're, they're probably the most two highly respected, most renowned, winningest uh, programs in all of Europe. It's pretty fun that we have two guys starring for those teams. And to it's, make that roster and contribute, start, play like they do, is it's a big deal, isn't it? It's amazing. So it's a uh, good showing by our guys. All right. Every week on this show. And then show, Jake and Yoli are just getting started right now. So those started. guys are both, yep. both about to jump in this thing. And, and they're going to be in the bubble, right? The yep. league bubble, right? And, and TJ's crushing it. It's, it's fun to keep track of all these guys. And there's a whole host more that are, are playing right now. And it's pretty fun to watch. All right. Time to get to know our Cougars as we do through the uh, words of their teammates every week in our weekly Cougar Q&A segment presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. This week, we get acquainted with Westminster transfer and recently eligible Brandon Ward. War time. Be war. War time. War time. Beat up. Beat up. Be war. Brandon War is a physical player. He's a tough player, and he's always up in your grill, always giving it 110%. 6 a.m., he's screaming. He's, he's in here. Then he comes in in the afternoon, still screaming. I'm like, man, I, I don't know when you find the time to sleep or recharge your battery. Gets knocked down, gets right back up. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always trying to work hard. He's got a side to him that's fun and you can go and do crazy stuff with, but he's also got a side too where you can sit down and have a good conversation with. Going on the dance floor, like, I mean, the locker room turns into a dance party when, when he's in here. The dude's awesome. He's just the life of a party. He is just always smiling and happy and just has a great energy about him. He's just a guy that you get along with really well. He has like a super nice personality, really easy to approach. He's one of the most like happy people I've ever met. He's, he's always smiling, he's always got just a bright face. He is super high energy. He's always going, he's always doing something. His golf game, is not very good. I went golfing with him, but he still loves it. He just loves golfing. He loves being around with the boys. Um, he's a great teammate. He's great for this locker room, for BYU. And, you know, hopefully one day he can also beat me in Madden. <laughs> That's my boy. Now, BYU fans may not know a lot about him because he just recently got eligible, got into a game. But uh, clearly, uh, he's as much a part of this team as anybody else who's getting playing time. Yeah, no, he's, he's so important in this team right now. And, and we thought that we wouldn't have him for the whole season. Uh, but in practice, he's made such an incredible contribution. You know, our scout team uh, doubles up the reps on anybody else. Uh, they work nonstop. And, and, and their performance uh, prepping the team in practice is, is – the way we do it is absolutely vital, and B-War can play every position. And so uh, he's been crucial to that. He's, he's a terrific basketball player. He was uh, you know, a leading scorer and rebounder, assist guy, and everything else at Westminster uh, last year, and is a really, really terrific basketball player. And he's going to have a nice future here. He's, he's doing a terrific job and making a giant impact on this team. Now, after becoming eligible, he's played in one game so far. It was against Portland, and he grabbed a couple of rebounds but didn't get a shot off when his teammates thought he should have Yeah, right here. So B-War's going to get the ball, and he's like, okay, why aren't you shooting? <laughs> yeah, this has been a lot his of dis- teammates are all freaking out. There's been a lot of discussion about this in the <laughs> locker room now. A lot of discussion. Now, here's the thing. You think about They're the, all jumping up the greatest teammate ever, right? He's saying, hey, we're getting a second or third side. That's We're not getting stuck. We're not getting money. We're not getting molasses. I'm going to keep this ball moving. I suspect next time he's a chance, that ball's going up. And he's going to make it. He shoots it great. So That's good stuff. All right. Uh, from a Cougar Q&A to our Coach Pope Q&A from social media, let's get right to our questions presented by Smith's Fresh for Everyone. 
from a True Blue Eye Doc on. Can Twitter. we? Can we? Can we? Can I help with the intro here? Sure. So after the show last week, I'm like, Rubes, Jerem, why are we going with the softball questions? Like, like this is we're family in here. It's us, and it's BYU fans. That's really the people that are paying to the show. So I challenge these guys to bring it. And then as I walked into the show, Jeremy was like, hey, we're going to bring it today. And so as you went to the intro, I'm currently in a full sweat. <laughs> bring it. Let's talk. All right. Here we go. Uh, the, the, these are the, uh, the, the hard questions for Coach Pope this week. Uh, how do you feel about playing so many? How do you feel that playing so many guys affects the offensive rhythm, particularly the long distance shooting of each player? It's a great question. And there's not an easy answer to that. Um, as you approach a season, you're always trying to balance what could be perceived strengths against the cost of doing business that way. And, um, and it is a balancing act. It's, um, it's something that we actually in our offices are talking about every single day, trying to dig deep into the numbers and figure out. Um, and, and so... That's a constant topic of discussion is how we're doing this. I do feel like our um, depth has taken us places where we haven't actually been able to go in the past consistently. And I'm really excited about that turning into a weapon. I do think there's some, I do think it's also a great thing where you can kind of pull a guy for a specific situation that he's uniquely suited for at any given moment. You kind of keeping everybody warm and everybody alive. I think it helps I think with our locker room, I think it helps our locker room stay really, really fresh and positive. But there's probably some cost. There's probably some rhythm cost. There's probably some um, some comfort cost with some of our guys. Uh, and so you're always trying to balance that. And it is very, very, as much as we crunch the numbers, like my mind wants to explode with, with how deep we're trying to go into different things, um, it still becomes a really artistic process. And um, I, I will tell you, this is a problem we're super grateful to have. Uh, we have we have legitimately 10 to 11 to if I gave him a chance, even more guys. This Hunter Erickson, I haven't given him a chance and he could actually really help us right now um, of guys that can all really, really make a huge impact on games. And um, so we're, we're weaving our way through it. Question two, aside from simply practicing them. Uh, what do you find to be the most effective ways or way to help players improve on free throw shooting, whether it's form, mental state, or something else? Yeah, yeah. so free throws uh, is, is, a, is a great question. We're actually shooting it. We started out the season shooting it poorly. We've been shooting it great from the line. I think we're 72 73% now. And in league, you were at 80 before Saturday's yeah. game against Pacific. So we're shooting it great. Um, we didn't shoot it great against Pacific, especially down the stretch. That happens sometimes. Um, I think with shooting, you, you can't control every aspect of shooting, whether it be from the field or whether it be from the free throw line. Um, what you can do is give yourself the best chance to be successful. Last year's team shot 42%, 42.2% from the three-point line, and it was like a display of three-point shooting that we haven't seen recently in college basketball relative to the rest of the of the country in the sense we finished three percentage points higher than anybody else. Um, but you can't necessarily control that every year. What you can do is put yourself in the, and you can't control that necessarily game to game, but you can control putting yourself in the best state of mind and the best preparation to give yourself the best chance to make shots. And so sometimes um, you take a game like um, 
against Pacific where we, we struggled uh, shooting free throws down the stretch. But you look at it, and in league, we're at 80% or 76, 75% free throw shooting team, which is terrific. And you just kind of have to, like, hey, we can't overreact to the, to the end result. You have to stay with the process. I really believe in that deeply. I believe in that shooting from the field. I believe in shooting from the free throw line. You choose a process. You believe in it. And it actually gives you the best chance to be successful. I think it's a really important principle. I think sometimes as coaches we get so stressed out that we want to jump from here to there to whatever and try all kinds of different things. I think the payoff is very limited for that. Question three. You said when asked about Gideon George playing time that it's about matchups. Against St. Mary's, he was able to shut down Tommy Cousy. Why didn't he guard Colby Ross in the Pepperdine game? It's a great question. Uh, so I actually thought we had some really good answers for Colby Ross. I think he ended up 5 for 17 from the field. Um, and so I thought we were in a pretty decent rhythm defensively until things got out of hand a little bit. And it was more transition mm. that was getting us. And then at the very end, the offensive glass, than it was kind of a half-court stayed trying to manage the possession. Um, and that's an that's a oversimplified answer. There's a lot of reasons why different guys can actually go in and fill different roles at different given times in the game. But that's kind of, if I remember correctly, that's what I was feeling at the time. Um, where it was, it was, you know, we talk about uh, the contribution, uh, the game-changing contribution that Gideon made uh, with Tommy Cusey at the end of the, at this last 10 minutes of St. Mary's. It's actually a very different, uh, significantly different dynamics going on in the game there. Okay, and our final question Now, today. with that said, yeah. the trick is, I was wrong. We lost the game, so basically, I should have done anything in the world differently because <laughs> it, it, it couldn't have given us a wor- worse outcome. Final question. When you pull a player out of a game for a mistake or after a mistake, how do you keep it positive so that the confidence isn't shattered? Yeah, so, and that's always a challenging thing. And that's actually one of the challenges of playing a deep roster, right? Um, and, and so that's something that we, struggle with, we, we don't struggle with, but something we pay attention to. And I think most of the process there is done pre and post game. So our guys just have an understanding. It's like, hey, we're going to go in. There's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be fatigue and freshness and lineups and rosters and, and how we're playing and how we feel at a particularly given moment. A lot of time also the thing with change the rotation is who else is in the game at the time, like matching guys who function well together is part of it too and fouls coming to play and et cetera. So, um, it's, uh, again, it's a really artistic process that we're trying to figure out, and it's actually super fun. It's really exciting. Okay. What a great – I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about roster and talking about lineups and talking about rotations. I mean, how blessed are we? How blessed are we to have this issue? It's really fantastic. It is. And Cougar fans, thank you for bringing it for this week's Cougar Q&A. That was okay. Yeah, it was all right. I, I, I need, like – I need some heat. To, I need some, like – I need some real heat next time. We're going to go straight Mike Wallace moments next yes, week. Yes, like on the show. Got, I need some gotcha moments next time. I mean, we need to grow the ratings, we baby. Let's go. The upper lip. Yes. We, want, we want the whole nervous uh, glances. We want everything. All just right. barely to not getting fired, but just barely above <laughs> just getting fired. All right, we'll take a break. Watch BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. She's going to cover the Cougars with a social media twist on the BYU Sports Nation social media platforms. A fresh episode dropping tonight. After the break, it's a new Deep Blue with Brandon Averett. And Spencer Johnson joins the show live. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope.
Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. This Friday, we've got a top 15 gymnastics meet on BYU TV as the Cougs rank 12th, hosting the 15th-ranked Southern Utah Flippin' Birds at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. All right. In basketball, you know, they say uh, traveling is usually a, a bad thing. But for Brandon Averett, traveling has been an essential part of his development as a college player. In tonight's Deep Blue, we learn how Brandon came to the Beehive State and became reunited with Mark Pope in Provo. Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. The journey to BYU has been wonderful, and, and it's, it's been crazy, honestly. But every step of the way, I've learned something new, and, and it's just made me a better person on and off the court. Took Brandon to his physical and was talking to his pediatrician about what he wanted to do. And Brandon told him that he wanted to play basketball in college. The pediatrician laughed at him. He thought it was so funny, he said, because of his size. After the visit, when we got in the car, Brandon was like, Ma, you just don't know how much I hear that. I know that I'm going to have to work harder and I'm going to have to do things differently. That was the turning point in my life, though. I was okay. That was like the first, that was the first time I wanted to prove somebody wrong, though. There is nobody on our team that spends more time in the gym than Brandon Averett. We're in two-a-days, and Brandon Averett is staying for two hours after the first practice and then coming back after the second practice. I have to kick him out of the gym on a regular basis. Right now, if you went into the practice facility, he's probably putting up shots right now. He shoots, he shoots more than anyone on our team. He just puts in the extra work because he wants to be successful. He is working so hard and he's so focused and set on becoming the player that he's hoping and dreaming and imagining that he can be and being on a team that can accomplish what we think this team can accomplish. At Oklahoma State, my first two years, uh, I definitely built my, my grit and toughness. Coming out to UVU for my Red Star Junior season, I definitely built my skill set and my, just my IQ for the, the game as a, as a whole. My senior year coming to BYU, I'm just trying to put it all together. This has definitely been my longest time being away from home, you know. It's been like, what, since August? We just try to FaceTime every other day, every day, you know. Okay, son, I love you. We'll love. see you on the big screen Thursday. Yep, I'm going to text you. I love you, too. Yeah. All right, Jace, big head. I'm going to talk okay. to you. They definitely miss me a lot, and I miss them. I miss them a lot, too. But we've grown into this, and we're going to keep going, honestly. We're going to keep going. My hero is my parents, all the things that they've taught me and instilled in me. I come home every evening and tired and beat like most of us are. Uh, wanted to get some rest and relaxation. Brandon was about two years old. We bought him a basketball. He was bouncing the basketball. Of course, the basketball was getting on my last nerve. <laughs> so I had an epiphany right there. The epiphany was, okay, am I going to allow him to just dribble this ball or am I going to shut him down and say no? Say, well, no, I'm just going to let him dribble the ball. And from that point on, everything else is history. I knew I loved Brandon Averett when I was recruiting him the first time. I'd seen the film. I talked to coaches. I talked to friends. 
But the first day, I rolled into North Dallas and went to his house and got to talk to his mom and dad, Randy and Belinda, face to face. I was like, this is the greatest family I've ever met. Like, I have such a deep love for them. And it was so incredibly painful to leave Utah Valley. And that was one of the relationships that was so hard to forego. And now the fact that we get a coach and we all get to be together, and at some point, I guarantee you, Randy and Belinda, even if they have to come crawl in the rafters because nobody's allowed in here for COVID, they're going to find a way into this gym to watch their boy. I love them unconditionally for everything they've done for me, and I, I don't feel like I can ever repay them. So proud of him, and I always tell him, I want to be like you when I grow up. I mean, I'm just so proud of him, seriously. And, and humble and so respectful. So we were just so blessed to have him. You clearly feel pretty fortunate to have had met him, his family, have him able to play for you here at BYU. Yeah, I mean, so much. Like, I agree with Belinda. Like, I want to be like Brandon when I grow up, too. <laughs> uh, he just is such a spectacular person. And it really was. Um, I really did have an emotional feeling when I walked into their home f- for the first time. In fact, when Brandon came uh, in the portal and we got to talk to him again, uh, one of the things I was saddest about was because of the because co- of the COVID shutdown, we weren't actually allowed to go on the road and recruit. I couldn't wait to get back to North Dallas and sit down with them again and um, he's such a special young man and his family's been so incredibly supportive and and they've been supportive of of me and our staff and BYU and uh, and they also care so much about their boy. You know, Randy's Randy is uh, he's he is such a fantastic human being, but he'll light me up too once in a while. <laughs> like if 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 we don't kind of make the right play calls, he's gonna be like, "Hey, I'm gonna get a text." He's like, "Coach, you got to step it up now." And I love like I just I do I just I just genuinely have uh, a deep love and gratitude for for the whole family and certainly what Brandon's doing for BYU right now is. Um, it's really, really, really special. And he's playing at such a high level right now. It's been awesome. Yeah, we love having Big Shot Brandon on the team, no doubt. All right, uh, he went to high school in BYU's backyard, but took a little while until Spencer Johnson ended up on the Cougars' front porch. Since Spencer Johnson joined the program, he's been making big plays on both ends of the floor as part of a deep BYU roster. And Spencer joining us now from the BYU Basketball Annex. Hey, Spence, how you doing? Hey, good to be here. We just heard Brandon Abert describe his uh, his path to Provo. How do you describe your journey to becoming a BYU Cougar? Uh, circuitous. <laughs> circuitous. You know, getting uh, – no one ever expects a journey. You know, I ended up at a couple different schools, but um, definitely glad to be here now. American Fork High School uh, to Weber State to Salt Lake Community College to BYU. Am I leaving anything out there? One semester at uh, Utah Valley. Utah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right, too. Yep. Yeah, bring the Utah Valley. So, Mary Fork, Weber, UVU, Salt Lake Community College, BYU, as a sophomore. Yeah, and he's got a, he's got a ways to go yet. I love it. Spencer, uh, you have uh, a brother that's a basketball player, uh, and he, is he currently on his mission? He is. He actually gets home here uh, like a month or so, so. And when he gets Almost back, he's, he's ticketed for University of Oregon. Is that right? Yes. How is he different from you as a player? Uh, well, he's seven feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> a little taller than you. a little different. <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, he can do it all. He's a really good player. I'm really excited for him to get back and um, start his journey. 
you know why Spence is saying that because we we think we think it's not done in stone, but we think we're playing at Oregon next year, and so he's already just. He's already just trying to sweet talk his brother so he can go just give him the business when we roll into that gym. I know how you guys think, man. Well, you know he's never beaten me and he never will. So. There we go. I like that. <laughs> wait, wait, you know, I'll tell you what. We'll have Oregon on the schedule for the next three years then. Let's go. I like it. <laughs> Coach, uh, it was last week on this show that you, uh, you broke some news about Spencer. Yeah, well, just, this is actually I'm so excited about this because – before we came back on the air, we were talking to Spence uh, over the deal, and I, t- I brought up Izzy and said, hey, can we ask you some questions about Izzy? He grabbed his water bottle and took three long drinks. I can tell he's feeling the pressure. Spencer, tell us about uh, Izzy. What, what do you got for us? Um, <laughs> so I did. I got engaged last week. Um, I did it up in Heber City. Um, we've been dating about six months. And she's just loving my life. So I'm excited to, to make it, you know, official finally, seal the deal. When is the date? May 21st. And we're inviting all of Cougar Nation, right? Everybody is welcome. Everybody roll up. Come dance with us. Come have a party. <laughs> as long as they wear their masks. All right. Uh, this, <laughs> this year, uh, you are shooting almost uh, 40% from the three-point line. Uh, it's clearly a shot you're really comfortable with. You're not known only as a three-point shooter. You can do it in any number of ways. And coach defensively, I think he's as important sometimes as he is on offense. Spencer, maybe the question to you is, uh, how important is it that you be kind of viewed or seen as, as a well-rounded player, not just a guy that can make shots? Um, it's everything, you know, in the game of basketball, you're only as good as, you know, the positions that you can defend. So, um, definitely we're focused on, on defense and getting stops first and rebounding. Um, and the offense is going to take care of itself, but you know, those are the, the things that we're concerned about. And this past week, coach Pope at Pepperdine, 15 point game, couple steals and scores makes a huge three point play in second overtime against Pacific just plays being made by this guy. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, for a young player, which Spencer still is when you build your game on something that's reproducible every single night, which he's done by guarding right on the defensive end, it's reproducible every single night. What it does is it gives him a platform, a baseline of, of where he knows for sure he can help this team in massive ways. And then he's, he's, been able to, he's been able to do some special things offensively, too. Like at Pepperdine, he had a terrific offensive game. Like uh, plays down the stretch, like we're watching right now, a huge play, ball fake, pass fake, drive in an N1 basket. Uh, you know, he's just finding all kind of new ways to make giant contributions to his team based on this baseline of I know every time I put him in the game he's going to guard and he's going to have an impact on the game defensively and when you grow your game from there you really have a tremendous ceiling because it means that you're going to be functional every single night you're on the floor I'm so proud of Spencer um, you know like, like you talked about his is I mean Spence you could address this your road uh, there's been several times where um, maybe in your heart you weren't asking questions but it seemed like there were a lot of questions swirling around you and you just have got yourself to a, a really special place right now. Yeah, I mean, um, having to, you know, transfer to a couple of different schools and um, it's not an easy journey. So, you know, one thing I definitely learned was you have to believe in yourself no matter what and just know that, you know, at the end of the day, you, you got to know what's in your heart and what you bring to the table and you just got to go with your dreams and roll with it.
Well, Spencer, so glad uh, you're part of the program and glad you were on this program uh, tonight as well. We look forward to seeing you uh, out on the road this week. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Ray. Spence, next time you got to bring Izzy on, man. No, no more solo appearances, bro. <laughs> Deal. We'll uh, set it up. Deal. <laughs> All right, Spencer Johnson, good stuff. Appreciate it, guy. All right, after the uh, women's basketball team plays at uh, Top 20 Gonzaga Tuesday, the ladies will return home for a pair of games on BYU TV, Thursday at 7 Eastern against Pepperdine on the BYU TV app, and then Saturday at 4 Eastern against LMU on BYU TV and the app. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by the BYU Store. Who is BYU's all-time leader in head coaching victories? The answer next. Trivia time, who's BYU's all-time leader in head coaching victories? The great, the Hall of Famer, Stan Watts, with 371. Coming up on the close of the show, Coach Pope, it's that time when we all get together and we ask one question. That question is, what happened? (laughs) All right, Big Rich can get big excited when his teammates do well. That's the best kind of teammate, right? I mean, you love just the instinct because he's celebrating the three and then the immediate is desperation to transition defense about yelling his guys getting a wall. Okay, Matt Harms gets fouled. And instead of saying, you know, too small, sometimes it's like too tall. Like, and you talk about instincts again. I mean, this is what Matt does. He protects the ball by putting it somewhere <laughs> nowhere else can reach. He shows a real tough. One of the great passes of the year in college basketball. Yes, he's a. that was his tribute to T.J. Hawes. I kid you not, I'm pretty sure he sent that to T.J. right after the game. He's huh. like, yes, we're still doing it. And then this is a called play, the pass off the rim to Matt for the dunk, right? Yes. It's like those old uh, McDonald's commercials with MJ. Nothing but that. <laughs> okay. Alex Barcelo. It's tough to take a big man down when you're Alex Barcelo. But, but Caleb Lohner definitely hit the By a toe. Just, yeah. And then tomorrow night, we're going to see this in action. Two number 33s, maybe on the floor at the same time. Similar vibes here from Ben Pyle of San Diego and our own Caleb Lohner. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a big-time hair game for sure. <laughs> Caleb Lohner measuring, and it's the two-hand block off the window. That was good stuff. That is that is really so awesome, actually. Back in the day, Bo Jackson uh, against the Seattle Seahawks uh, once had a touchdown run and then just ran out of the stadium. That's kind of like Caleb Lohner right there. Catch first. Like Caleb's done such an unbelievable coming out with catches. Com- competitive catches win games. It's a big-time effort to catch the ball right there. This was I, I like this moment from because we actually needed that turnover at that time. That's specific throwing it away, and, and, and we'll take that, quite frankly. All right, let's get out of here. We may not have time to see our last couple of what happened moments. Good hands on the sideline. That's going to do it, folks. For Mark Pope and Spencer Johnson, I'm Greg Grubel. On that note, have a great week. Go Cougs. Can see we change week. to the 90-minute format, please?